Jumping in on Manx Radio with Howard and Chris Kane. Hello, good evening, and welcome. And welcome along to what is now a new slot for the summer months, at least in any case, for jumping in here on a Friday night. What a way to celebrate. And we have a great way to celebrate the best in modern and contemporary jazz tonight with one of the A-listers of all time. It's myself, H. And me, Chris. Yes, welcome along to this week's show. And as advertised, it's an interview special. And as guests go, special indeed he is. We were lucky enough to catch up with the great Dave Holland backstage at last year's London Jazz Festival. Not that we needed reminding of his fantastic legacy of recordings with nearly all the jazz greats over the last 60 years or indeed his ability to write a pretty natty theme tune so without further ado let's bring it on
Hmm. The fantastic Dave Holland Big Band there with Bring It On, the opener of the four-part Monterey Suite from the Big Band's second album, Overtime, released way back in 2005. And the suite itself makes up more than 50 minutes of the album's generous 78 and three-quarter minutes, and not a second of it is filler. Great writing, great solos. We heard there from Chris Potter and Robin Eubanks, Trading Licks, and what a fantastic band. Alex Sapai again, Dwayne Eubanks, Taylor Haskins on trumpet and flugelhorn, Antonio Hart on alto and soprano and flute, Mark Gross also on alto, Chris Potter blowing some mean tenor, Gary Samulian on baritone, Robin Eubanks, Josh Redman, uh, Roseman, Joanna Arbans on trombones, Steve Nelson on fives and marimba, Billy Kilson at the drums, and of course this evening's guest on bass, composing and all that arranging, the wonderful Dave Holland. And we caught up with him backstage at the London Jazz Festival where, far from a big band, he was right at the other end with regard to touring projects. This is the first time we've really worked as a duo and it's been a nice opportunity this tour to explore the dynamics between the two of us and and really uh, find out you know a little bit more of how we can work together and it's been a very uh, satisfying experience for me and I love John I've known him a long time but uh, this is the first time we've had a chance to play in this sort of intimate situation and you know the duo gives you a chance to to interact in a much more one-on-one kind of way and and uh, that's gives you an opportunity to dig deeper into each other's music yeah. you know i mean you said in an intimate situation and in fact that's one of the things that absolutely grabbed me was that although it was a concert hall setting it was kind of like we were in the living room with you guys and you were just uh, two old friends having a, having a jam together but really enjoying it and knowing where everyone was going to pick and turn, you know, having a, an absolute yeah. pleasure to be here on the sidelines watching this. Dave, I have to say, we've been fans for many years and have we were counting up the number of albums we've got, actually, I say albums, there's CDs and LPs and possibly cassettes and maybe dats and some other stuff in there. But uh, bootlegs. Uh, yeah, bootlegs, there's a few bootlegs as well. But... Um, you're one of these uh, everlasting musicians who I have to honestly say, you don't look a day older than the first time we saw you, which was several tens of years ago, and both of us are increasingly ageing rapidly. So what's the, yeah. what's the secret? Is it staying on the road, do you think? You know, I, I can't say that, uh, you know, I, I thank you for the compliment. Um, I, you know, I, I think some of it is just a state of mind, you know, yeah. like staying engaged with life, uh, being interested, uh, curious, Open, trying to remain open-minded and not calcify, you know, as you get older and, and be open to new experiences, you know. And I don't know what else I can tell you. I mean, I try to take care of myself yes. in various ways. Uh, but, um, you know, I think the music has something to do with it, too. It's such an outlet for you, energy-wise, emotionally. Um, there's something about it that is, I think, renewing. And uh, for me, it's... It's a time when I feel like I'm really functioning on all cylinders. You know, I'm firing on all yeah. cylinders, as yeah. they say. Uh, and that's why these last couple of years have been kind of challenging to not be able to communicate with audiences and not to be able to communicate with other musicians other than a few times that, yeah. you know, we've got together. So, um, yeah, it's just a wonderful feeling of energy exchanging between people and a communion of the concert, you know, which is a very special moment.
you're always evolving as well with the music like Sco, you know, you're never standing still. Every new album's going to be something different. And if you go back through your back catalogue, I think it always feels different. There's always progression. It's never sort of mm. more of the same as it were. So what happens, which way does the process work? Do you sort of think of the music, then come up with the band, or you sort of get some new band members, you see some new people who inspire you, and then it inspires the music? Yes, yes, and yes, you know. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, there's no set pattern, you know. I mean, I don't work to a schedule, you know. I don't think, well, I've got to do a record this year and then next year and like that. I just kind of let the music uh, form, you know, yes. and, then, and then when it's ready, I record it. Um, yeah, it's to do with meeting people, listening for people um i've met musicians that i've worked with uh uh in all kinds of situations nate smith the drummer for instance who was in my quintet for quite a few years i met him at the university of virginia he was a student there and i loved his playing and we ended up uh, he, jo he joined my quintet and yeah, we yeah. played together um you know musicians that i i meet and i hear and i i think oh i'd like to do that Another example is a flamenco musician that I recorded with Pepe Habichuela. Yeah, and we spent uh, close to two or three years where I would go to Madrid and, and rehearse a little bit with him and learn so he was I asked him to be my teacher. So, you know, it's a process and I let the process take its course. And as I said, open mindedness and, and listening and being open to new opportunities. And I just like uh, I like music of all kinds, you know. I've had periods where I'm really concentrating on certain projects and certain things, but uh, in this period of my life, you know, um, I think I'm also interested in expressing uh, some of the variety of things that I like to do, like what I'm doing with John here, and and then I recorded with Evan Parker a few years ago, yeah. and Craig Table in a much more free. Uh, open form music mm -hmm. setting, you know, so it's all these things to me are part of a whole. Yes. I don't see them as separate things, you know, they're just different languages or different aspects of the musical language, you know.
you've had some great drummers. I was just going to say, yeah. sorry, that, that uh, whether you, are you still, do you feel a close link being bass player, obviously, with the drummers? Are you some A-listers coming through now, like of Marvin Smitty going back in the day, Obed yeah. Calvert in the current trio, yeah. uh, Billy Kilson, of course. Yeah. Is that a special link with the drummer for you, or is well, it? Of course, you know, the drummer's the heart of the music, you know, uh, um, in, a, in a group, and, uh, you know, it's very important for me uh, that they can uh, first of all be great listeners you know I think that's a really important aspect for any musician that's going to be playing music you know it's um, I think you have to be as good a listener as uh, as a player and and, uh, and so that's a that's a big part but you know I don't come with like a prescription or anything like that I heard Obed at a gig that he was playing and I went up to him after the gig and I said would you be interested in doing something and he said sure so that's how it goes, you know. That's you mentioned uh, Nate Smith, of course, he's just got a new uh, release out as well. And Craig Taborn, who we were fortunate to have on the show just a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. He's an extraordinary musician. Extraordinary, and what a nice chap, actually. Very, yeah. very nice to talk yeah. to with him. And uh, of all the different formats, and uh, as you know, if we look back to Miles, who was a man who was constantly reinventing himself, and you were there, you, you've been there. Mm. Did you think part of that feeling to move and change and try and travel within music and experience everything came from some of your early experiences in bands like that? Yeah, I think if you speak to probably most people that had the honor and the privilege of playing with Miles, they'll tell you the same thing, you know, that, that it was a, a situation where you realize that change is important in the music and evolving and not just finding something that works and just keep recreating it, you yeah. know. Uh, it's about keeping it fresh and, you know, finding some new things to kind of incorporate into your music. And, of course, Miles is a great example of that. And, uh, you know, he had a way of doing it which was uh, so inclusive of the musicians that he worked with. It wasn't him coming in with a completely uh, finished idea of what he wanted. He He worked with... The musicians as raw material in a way and 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 created the music out of what he was hearing them do yeah. and uh, so there was a symbiotic kind of relationship going on there in fact there's a, a, a um, an interview he did sort of later in his life where he's talking about that they ask him how do you make this change all the time and he said you know part of it is me surrounding myself with the right people yeah. and then you know working with mm -hmm. what they have to offer and and that's something that i've really taken to heart you know i i try and find people that i like how they approach the music and then try and build some music around that rather than saying this is the music and everybody's got to conform to it you know yeah. there's a there's a relationship there I'm looking for people who can express themselves, have something personal to say in the music, understand the tradition, but also want to move it on and, and have a personal viewpoint of it, you know.
I'm wrong, but it seems to be a bit more electric bass creeping into the music again with you lately. Obviously, you've always mm. played electric, mm. uh, always played upright, always played bass guitar, acoustic as well. Has it been more of a sort of return to you back to the electric bass? Well, you know, I've, I've always had the electric bass ar- around, and, and uh, you know, from time to time I've played it. There were some projects with Herbie that I played it with. Um, I just I, to be honest, that part of it was Kevin Eubanks. He kept saying to me, "Dave, when are you going to break out the bass guitar?" You know, he said, "I'm going to write some music for that bass guitar." And I said, "Okay." So he kind of pushed me to do it, you know, and I think that had something to do with it. I was a little cautious about picking it up really and and performing on it because I've got so much respect for some of the players that have come along yeah. in the last thirty or forty years on the instrument, you know. Uh, and what they've done with it. But what I came to, I said, well, I'm just going to play my stuff on the electric mm-hmm. bass. And and once I got to that point, it it, it all fell together. And uh, yeah, I've just had a short scale bass made, um, which I can travel easily with, take it on planes and so on. Yes. And uh, when the trio goes out touring next, I'm going to be bringing that and the acoustic. So. Yeah, I'm gonna, you know, give it a try. <laughs> See what I got to do. A lot of the uh, big band work that you did showed sort of great writing and scoring as well and arranging. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, it's obviously a different feel in working in a duo format. Oh, do you feel that the space actually gives you some additional sort of headspace and and breathing space to to fit in rather than having to work to a stricter score that you've you've scored yourself? You know, every musical situation has a a kind of unique thing to it, no matter what it is. And uh, uh, certainly the two extremes you mentioned, (laughs) you know, big band and duo, you know, they're really different. And of course you, uh, at least the way I approached the big band, you know, was to structure the music and and uh, and create settings for the different improvisers, the different soloists in the band, so that they could, uh, you know, blossom and 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 uh, and do their stuff, you know. Yes. Uh, in the duo, it's it's this intimate exchange, it's an intimate conversation, and I try to have that no matter how big the band is. I mean, if I'm playing in a big band. 
and as a soloist, I'm still trying to connect up and support it and have the conversation. To me, com the musical conversation is a central part of this music. If, the, if there's not that going on, um, I feel there's something seriously missing, you know. There has to be that spontaneous kind of reaching of agreements and where are we going now in this yes. moment and all that. I just find that so wonderful and when it really works, it's, it's fantastic to be a part of, you know. Drummer Billy Hart has appeared on many, many sessions, but not that many as a leader. And on a couple of albums in the 80s, he dipped in and out of fusion as well as straight-ahead post-bop, particularly on Oshimaya, where we mixed the two together. And in the band, of course, was Dave. And we'll hear here a Holland composition, Cosmosis, which falls straight into the straight-ahead camp. Thank you. 
Cosmosis from the 1985 Oshumer album from Billy Hart with Steve Coleman and Branford Marsalis on saxes, Bill Frizzell and Kevin Eubanks on guitar, Mark Gray and Kenny Kirkland on piano and keys, just Kenny on that particular track, Didier Lockwood on violin, Manolo Badrina on percussion, Billy at the drums, of course, and on bass, composer of the track, Dave Holland, Kevin Eubanks, he mentioned before, playing with him there. Still sounding really good after all those years, I must admit, and <laughs> what a fantastic drummer. And uh, the last bit with Dave, he had to dash off, he was really great, he gave us as long as he could, and he said, hey guys, I've really got to go, and it was just wonderful catching up with him and hearing about his music, and also, of course, how he's uh, moved in recent years to another label. A long line of classic albums on ECM, of course, going back to uh, where we are on the show, jumping in, of course, to the name of the show, which came from the, the classic album, I think the first on ECM for you, was that? No, no, there, there was... Oh, no, there's Conference of the Birds and another... Yeah, I, I didn't really have my own band until yeah. jumping in, which is why I called it that, you know, because it was, it was me stepping out and sort of having a, a working band for the first time. I'd been quite happy sort of serving an apprenticeship with quite a few different... Sam Rivers was one, Anthony Braxton, you know, just finding and discovering things about the music. And then in 82, I decided, okay, now it was time. The next step is, is going to be for me to put something together my, of my own. And that's when that record was done. Previous to that, I'd done some solo records. I'd done a lot of cooperative things like the Gateway Trio on ECM. Of course, sure. yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of Kenny wow. Wheeler recordings. And, uh, you know, so I'd had a, a quite a nice relationship with ECM right uh, right through i mean in the end it ended up being something like 35 years that we it's a long time yeah and yeah. working well so was manfred always after the first group with like you say jumping in was manfred then always open to ideas throughout uh, yeah you know he he, he really uh, let me have free reign with what i did you know so there was no um i would have usually it'd be rec- well not usually i would always record things that i've been performing with you know because that's i like to uh, prepare the music on on gigs and then record it first. So uh, I, you know, I would usually have uh, an idea of what I wanted to do, and Manfred was always supportive of that, and I was very happy that that was the case. You know, and uh, and I, the only reason I didn't continue with ECM was because I wanted a little more independence and and particularly ownership of the masters. Yeah, of course. And that's not the case in most record companies. You know, the, the record company owns the master, and also be able to make certain production decisions. Uh, about release times and things like that, which of course are usually decided by the record company. Yeah. You know? Well, a recent release out and uh, more to look forward to. You've got another set this evening, so we'd really like to thank you for taking the time oh, out to speak with Jumping In. Dave Holland, it's been an absolute pleasure. Well, thank you for bringing the music to the people that hear your show and really appreciate that. It, you play a very important role in, in the whole thing. So thank you and hope you uh, continue to uh, uh, you know, spread the word.
Rave Walker from the latest from Dave Holland on edition now, as he was saying towards the end of that interview. It's well worth a listen. Obed Calvert on drums and of course Kevin Eubanks on guitar, as he mentioned there, and Dave on electric bass. Might hear more on electric bass when we come up. Check it out, yeah. Edition Records, Grave Walker, and the album is well worth a listen. And perhaps my gateway to Dave Holland was another classic, an ECM classic, Gateway, excuse the pun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First of three albums from the lineup recorded back in 1975 with a winning combination of John Abercrombie on guitar, Jack DeJanette at the drums, and Dave Holland on the bass. Well, you couldn't really go that far wrong. Could you? We'll leave you with Backwards Song. See you next week. See you next week. New slot. And Friday nights. Catch up with the latest stuff. Cheerio.